Welcome to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. I'm your host, Simply Sarah, and I'm so glad that we've connected here today. I've created a series called Life Chats. This is a four-part series of each of my amazing guests as I take you on a journey through their awakening process. My aim and goal for this show is to give you, the seeker, a container to explore your own growth as you awaken and step into more alignment, more joy, and more fulfillment every single day. Welcome back to The Fulfillment Project. I am your host, Simply Sarah. We have Emma Subayats here back for part two. Emma, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Part two of four. So exciting. Yes. If you missed part one, please go back. We talked about when her real growth and we'll say spiritual journey, like really began a lot of healing. Um, There was a big high moment of revelations and insights and awakening, followed by a massive low in a relationship that um, I'll say ended catastrophically and blew your your world wide open and made you question reality and question yourself on so many levels. Right. Um, But deciding to like, Hey, what is my responsibility in this? You know, how did I create this? Which is the best thing that we can do for our own healing or else our ego takes over. We're like, well, I'm perfect. I just need to find someone who fits my perfect. (laughs) Yes. We we talked about trauma bonding. So go back to part one, if you haven't watched or listened to that yet, because it will really tie in to everything we're going to get into here, which is how did Emma undo who she was? And you and I always talk about past Emma or past Sarah, you know, the different, the different versions of ourselves who saw the world differently, who thought differently, who had different paradigms, who created a different reality. And so your world was blown wide open. You spent basically a year not dating. And, and, you know, I always call it like the summer of Emma. You had an incredible summer. I called it my year of badassery. <laughs> uh, so how did you not fall into old patterns and start to really look and deconstruct your life? I know you, there were various tools and therapists and, and professionals. And so walk us through how you started to unpack that. Because let's say, yeah, let's say a woman's listening right here and maybe she's about to break up and she knows it's catastrophic or she's going through something and she's like, I don't know like where to start. Yeah. Um, It was a process. Like it was a journey. And um, you're right. It was a catastrophic breakup that completely um, undermined my concept of reality, particularly my concept of reality of the last four years of my relationship at that point you know, to, to think that your world is one way. And then you discover that the person you loved is not at all who you thought they were, um, that, you know, that they've been deceiving you from day one, that you've been manipulated and all of these things, you know, whereas my concept of reality was things are great. I'm in an awesome relationship, you know, it's loving and all of these things. And, uh, I, I really, I had to reconcile quite a few things in the aftermath of that breakup. Um, One of those things was reconciling the person I thought I knew and the person that they actually were, the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. So that was actually really um, a difficult process because it's like you you think you know someone and then you find out that the depth of their character, it's it's just there's that you're seeing only the tip of the iceberg. You're only seeing what they're allowing you to see. And there's so much more that you then have to integrate into your concept of this person. So that was difficult in of itself. And part of the, the journey um, was coming to terms with the fact that I had been manipulated and deceived and gaslit and all of these things. Um, but then that sort of um, 
worked itself into like, who am I as a person? Who, what kind of person does it make me if I can be manipulated like that? If I can be deceived, if I can, you know, be gaslit. And, you know, I just wanted to say like, allow myself to be gaslit. Um, and that's, that's not to take responsibility away from, you know, the other person who is doing the manipulation, but in hindsight, like I remember having a lot of gut feelings that things were not okay. And I talked myself out of it and I gave them the benefit of the doubt and all of these things. So in a way, I feel like I did allow myself to, you know, be manipulated and be gaslit, um, because I, I ignored my gut. I ignored my gut. Um, and that's, that was actually a huge, um, realization for me was that like, wow, like my gut was right. And I was just like, hush, hush, you're being silly. Don't be silly. You're just, you know, you're, you're overthinking things. It's not, it's not like that. Don't worry. You know, and I, I talked myself out of realizations that I was having subconsciously. So yeah, it was definitely a process of re-establishing what reality, (laughs) what not only my reality had been for four years, like what was this for four years when it wasn't what I thought, or maybe in some ways it was what I thought, but it also wasn't, it was like this dichotomy. Um, So coming to terms with that and, and um, using all of these kind of realizations to do the work. Um, you know, I was very lucky. One of my, my closest friends, she was like, Emma, you should go see my therapist. Like he's amazing. Um, so I booked an appointment like immediately. Um, cause I was like, I need to, I don't want this trauma to, uh, further perpetuate like maladaptive behaviors going forward. I don't want to not be able to trust people. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to have anxiety, constantly worrying about this or that or whatever. Um, so I wanted to heal, you know, like when you set a broken bone, I, that's kind of the, the picture that I had in my head. Like I'm quite broken right now. And I need to put the pieces back together in a way that's going to make me stronger going forward rather than the alternative, which was not, I felt like an option. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I believe pain can be a really good teacher and to recognize the polarity, you know, feeling such pain, feeling such, um, dissonance from what you thought reality is versus, you know, what it really was. Um, and and then learning to lower the pain threshold. And and I think that's what you take on tools and learn therapy and understand personality traits or trauma bonding, which we talked about in the, uh, in the first episode and recognizing when you start to feel pain in a relationship or the decisions that you're making and learn from those lessons, um, to be able to grow moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, as I mentioned in the previous episode, my relationship prior to the last one had also kind of fallen apart in a similar way. Um, it wasn't nearly as catastrophic in some ways. It didn't uh, undermine my idea of reality. Like I saw that one coming, like, you know, it was starting to fall. Okay. Like things aren't going in a good direction. And after that relationship ended, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I, you know, I felt uh, like I had learned my lesson and I wouldn't you know, do the same things or choose the same kind of person again. And then I gave myself no time to integrate that. Like when that relationship fell apart, I'm like, ah, it's been done for a while. I'm ready to move on. And within three months I met my last ex. So I didn't allow myself any time to really process like, what did I actually learn here? Like what, 
what if this was my responsibility and decisions that I had made um, consciously or unconsciously, you know? So after the last catastrophic destruction of reality, I was like, I actually need to take time and be serious about learning something from this. I just, I don't want to do this again. Like I don't, I don't know that I have the emotional capacity to deal with something of this like nature again. Obviously I would, if it ever came to that again, but I was just exhausted. Like, Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't want to go through this pain again. Like let's figure out how to avoid this. Yeah. And so you did what I'll call a lot of shadow work, which is really turning, like turning on the light to the dark areas of yourself that you don't want to see your personal responsibility in it, the choices that you were making. And I saw you do that. And I'll have you explain like your post. I saw you do that, but in a way of giving yourself freedom, you recognize how restrictive you were with yourself for like, let's say money. And then you're like, I'm going to go like have a summer to myself and like treat myself. And so explain some of that process of like recognizing the shadows, but also leaning into the light and, and allowing yourself to experience pleasure, let's say, because yeah, I know that joy, what, joy. <laughs> follow the joy, <laughs> follow the joy. Yeah. So, um, the, the work, uh, is exhausting and the work never stops actually like we're you know you and I are still doing the work every day like recognizing in ourselves what uh we need to do differently and and ways that we can grow and ways that we can better ourselves in our friendships relationships and our in our relationship with ourselves um so you know part of actually doing the work for me was a getting a therapist like that was a that was a good call. Like I was, I've never been the type of person that's not been open to that. So I finally felt like I had a good reason, you know, to like go talk to somebody. So I, I immediately um, did that. And then also like working with Brenda Johnson with the NLP and, and hypnosis meditation, um, setting intentions for myself, turning inwards and really focusing on who I am and uh, what's led to the decisions that I was making and had been making. So I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to understand why things happen the way that they happen um, and to understand like what led to where I am now. So for example, after the breakup, like I, I spent weeks, I couldn't sleep. Like I was, my brain was just in overdrive trying to understand how things fell apart, what led to that from every possible you know, dynamic and every possible facet. And to me, as exhausting as that was, it gave me closure to felt to feel like I understand. Well, your psyche is gripping for some type of like, you feel like you're free falling at that point. So how do I create a container? So I understand what happened here as opposed to just spinning. Yeah. Making sense of a situation, you know, as, as human beings, we like to make sense of things and to be able to put things into discrete boxes, containers, like, okay, this fits here and that fits there. And now it all makes sense. And I don't have anxiety. So that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, but part of the, the, you know, this relationship falling apart was that it didn't fit into a lot of my perceived containers, you know, like I felt a lot of love and joy and happiness in that relationship. So when it fell apart, so catastrophically, I'm like, how could it be both though? How could it be good and terrible? Like I don't understand. So it was, you know, trying to reconcile that things maybe didn't always make sense. And I remember, um, I remember coming to terms with, with that as well. Like, you know, trying to find logic in somebody else's behavior. And it's like, maybe, maybe it's just, isn't logical. You know, maybe I just have to accept that it's not going to fit into my idea of like, how things should happen in life and the world. Um, and then, you know, 
further, like to focusing the lens on myself, um, trying to make sense of what I had experienced, let's say in childhood growing up, I had a great childhood, but I mean, no, nobody's families are perfect. You know, we all have our dynamics and, and what have you. Um, and, you know, the added kind of layer of my family coming to this country from like war-torn Bosnia and all the kind of implications and generational trauma, even from, from growing up in a part of the world that experienced a lot of terrible things. Like my, my, you know, grandparents went through the second world war and lost family to the Holocaust. And all these things have kind of snowballed into who I am as a person today. Mm-hmm. And that trauma just like perpetuates unless you can recognize it and try to put a stop to it. So it doesn't, you know, um, affect generations going forward. It's just, it's a snowball effect. So trying to understand and link my current behaviors to patterns and and things that I, you know, maladaptive behaviors that I learned in childhood, like trying to be there for everybody else, being the rock, all of these things um, was like, it just manifested in my relationship almost exactly how you'd expect when you realize where it was coming from. So I remember, as, as I mentioned in the previous episode, like going to my therapist and being like, is this supposed to be exhausting? Like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I am so tired. Like I'm thinking about this constantly. And like, is, is it supposed to be this exhausting? And he was like, yep, for overthinkers such as yourself, who need to make sense of the world by thinking of things from every angle. It is an exhausting process. I'm like, it was, as you know, because you were by my side the whole time, tiring. And come the winter, I was like, why do I feel dead inside? I'm so tired. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Giving, giving yourself that time, like you said earlier, I think is so valuable. And so what was that like? Because after you recognize, okay, here's my responsibility. Here's here's my part in, in creating this reality or whatever manifested. And then knowing you wanted a different reality. What was that process like to step out of old Emma programming into a different programming and, and learn, to, learn to trust yourself right. and, and, and learn to act in a different way to get a different result. Yeah. So I would say that's still ongoing. Yes. Like learning to, learning to trust myself in, in new behaviors that are not, um, that are not instinctive to me, you know, um, not stepping in and doing something like everything for somebody else and staying, you know, having boundaries, healthy boundaries in a relationship rather than just like, this is, let me, let me just eviscerate myself for you and do everything for you. And you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Yes. So I, I would say the process is ongoing. Like it's it's um it's not something that I would say there was like one day where I realized like yes I'm going to be a different person now and have no second guessing and you know thoughts about that or whatever. It's been a journey and a process, and it's kind of a one day at a time sort of thing. I remember when um uh I so that summer like and fall in therapy and going for my sessions every couple of weeks or whatever. And, you know, I had learned so many tools, but like therapist Greg was like, Emma, you know, you're not going to be put to the test until you, you try this again and you see if you can actually like identify, you know, what you've learned in these situations and scenarios. I also remember, um, as I mentioned in the previous episode, doing that numerology reading, going into that completely, like I'm open. I have no idea what this is about. 
let's just see what comes up. And um, the numerologist, uh, <laughs> she was amazing. Like, and she, she made me swear a few things, like put my, put my hand up and repeat after her. And one of the things that she, she had me uh, repeat after her was I promise to do everything completely the opposite of how I would normally do it going forward in a relationship. And I was just like, whoa, that's big. That's big because really, I mean, right from day one of my previous relationships, of my previous relationship, I did things wrong, quote unquote. I don't want to say like wrong. It's all been a learning. It didn't give you the outcome you anticipated. Let's just say that. No, (laughs) it did not. It did not. So, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a journey and like taking that time off and, um, really like turning inwards. Yeah. I went on some like dates here and there and it was, I was not interested in anything serious. Let's just go have a beer, have a chat, whatever. Um, and that was, you know, fun, but I wasn't looking for anything because I was still focusing on myself and I knew that I needed, um, time to really integrate what I had been learning. I also didn't trust myself to not repeat the same mistakes again from day one. If I fell into things like so quickly, you know, like I had the previous time, it was like three months. Like, yep, I've got this figured out. It's fine. Let's uh, give yeah. this another shot. You need yeah. the tools, right? And, right? and then it's like an integration of the tools in the moment, which right. is always that ongoing process. I also saw you really work on your self-worth through, you know, you, you bought a brand new car, put a huge down payment on it. Like you started investing in yourself and, and doing a lot of things to, to help you that you would never do before from, you know, on the last episode, we talked about some money mindset stuff. Hello, fellow seeker, Sarah here. I want to jump into the middle of this episode to bring your awareness to my program, The Upgrade. This is a six-week program that I developed for you to have self-exploration and awakening. It is an immersive transformation program that pairs a three-day in-person retreat at a location within Ontario, Canada. If you're looking for community and if you're looking for a container for growth, this is why I've created this. I have taken so many tools and modalities that I've used along my own journey and helped many friends and clients as well go through an upgrade process. At the retreat, we are going to be doing a shamanic ceremony and going to explore some different plant medicines that you're able to use to explore and expand your consciousness, deep dive into your subconscious, start to rewrite those beliefs and stories that are no longer serving you for this next level of your life. If this piques your curiosity, you can grab the link in the show notes at my website, simplysarah.com. In the navigation, you'll see the upgrade. And perhaps this is a part of your journey this year. What was that shift like to focus on yourself again? Oh, gosh, it was, well, it was completely new in a way. Like I, my sense of self was being somebody else's everything, doing everything for them. And, you know, that fueled my, my ego, this need to be needed, Um, so to suddenly be single and also like able to focus on myself and, and I mean, like you said, because of money mindset stuff, it was, it was a journey just to get to the point where I could spend money on myself, like fuck it money. Like, yeah, whatever. I'll get the Botox or or what have you. Right. (laughs) 
it's only going to last a few months, but it's worth it. So, and, and buying the, the new vehicle, for example, like up until that point, I always thought it was dumb to buy a new car. Like, why would you buy a new car? It, you know, loses value as soon as you drive it off the lot. And like, yeah, those things are reality, but like, why not? If you can afford it and it's not going to, you know, hurt your ability to feed yourself and what have you, then is it really so bad to like treat yourself and yeah, so it was a it was a really interesting year because at that point I had earned the most I had ever earned, um, and spending money on myself was still like difficult at first. It would give me anxiety to like throw you know even like buying equipment for my business or something like that. I'm I come from like the Eastern European like you know mentality of if it's not broken you don't need more. You don't need to, can you fix it with duct tape? Like, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Um, I also saw that as a way for you to be able to receive right. first receive from yourself. And, you know, in episodes coming up, we'll talk about your new relationship and what you've been allowed there. I would love for you to explain to us your understanding of the masculine and feminine energy. And because receiving is very feminine. And so what has your journey through that breakup, even with your business, recognizing how masculine driven you were and, and really like, I'll say softening your edges. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Um, Learning about, you know, masculine and feminine. And I think you were the first person that kind of brought that whole concept to my attention because I didn't, I, I don't think I'd ever really heard of it before. Um, we began to speak about it, thanks to you. It really made things make sense for me. Why was I so burnt out? Oh, I'm doing everything. I'm organizing everything. I'm making sure, you know, all the ducks are in a row and everything is in its right place. And I'm running my business full time. And then I'm running my partner's business on the back end, like part time. The amount of hours I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm literally doing everything for two um, people. For two people. And like not expecting anything from my partner, not expecting anything in return. And like, granted, like you shouldn't do things to like expect something in return, but you should be open to receiving. And when you're doing so much, when you're the type of person that's not open to receiving, your thermostat is set to a point where you don't recognize that you're not receiving, that you're not even being offered to receive, right? So my thermostat was set to, I give, 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 and I expect nothing in return. And if I get nothing in return, that's totally fine because that's my normal. And I'm here to give, and I'm here to absorb pain. And I'm here to be everything you needed me to be like, and then some. So, um, that was a journey in of itself. I remember, um, I, I believe I told you a story. I was going through, uh, photos from, uh, the road trip I took with my ex to California, which by the way, I like, here's a, here's a perfect example of me giving and not receiving. I drove all the way to California myself with my partner in the, in the passenger seat. Do you want me to drive? Nope. I got this. Nope. It's good. I need to be in control. I'm in control. <laughs> like, yeah. we're, this is where we're going and I'm taking us there. You're welcome. <laughs> it's interesting when I'm, sh- I'm not going to speak for you, but in past relationships where I wasn't open to receive building up that resentment, building up the resentment, wanting something, but not even recognizing how closed you are to, to even receive or those little invitations that were there um, that, that you just tolerate or keep pushing through. Yeah. I, I was going through um, uh, 
photos from this trip to California. And I remember like, you know, it was a month long trip. So I had to tie up a lot of loose ends with my business before I left, you know, deliver images to clients, make sure everything is tidy in my business before I go and leave for a month and maybe just answer emails, but that's it. Um, So there was that aspect, which was like, I was pulling extremely long hours. And then on top of that, I had created the entire like itinerary because we needed to be in San Diego to meet up with you for a certain time. And, you know, how are we going to get there? Where are we going to go on the way? Like, are we going to stay at the Grand Canyon and then packing for all the camping and the hiking and all, you know, all of that. And then tying up loose ends with my ex's business and the back ends here and there. And by the time we went on this trip, like I was tired, you know, it was a phenomenal trip, but I was tired. Like I saw so many beautiful places, but I was tired. And going through these images, I think last year, I I saw this one photo of like, that I had taken of my feet on um, this beautiful, like red rock in Utah. And I'm, I'm looking at this picture. I'm like, huh, my toes weren't even painted, you know? And for me, like I always have my toes done. If nothing else, like I just, I like having my toes painted and I had been so busy you know, that I, I prior, I, I did not prioritize myself to the point where I couldn't even spend 15 to 20 minutes painting my toes. So that right there was just like the perfect indicator of how, how far I put myself to the bottom of the priority list. I couldn't even spend 15 minutes focusing on me doing that. So going from that to like, I'm going to focus on myself and I'm going to do things that make me feel good. And even if it costs money, like I'm, I'm willing to invest that in myself. That was a huge transition from one to the other. Yeah. It was incredible. It, but it, you know, it took, it took some discomfort, right? Like I had to feel uncomfortable at first spending money on myself and, and treating myself, learning how to receive for myself. Like you put it, that's a great way to to put it, I, I had to experience a bit of discomfort learning how to receive for myself in order to actually like, you know, overcome that. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, breaking down that wounded feminine who thinks that she needs to do it all, who has to be strict, rigid, hold such tight control. Control is a, a big word that like, you know, to look oh, yeah. at that because you hold a grip on everything. There's fear, uh, not wanting to let go. And ultimately you block that receiving. Right. I didn't and, even know what feminine energy was. And, yeah. and when you're wounded in it, we usually think feminine energy is lazy, unproductive um, and lazy and unproductive are two words that come to mind for before I really started doing that healing. I, I know lazy is a big thing for you as well. Yeah. The, the, the women who are achieving, and I've seen this a lot in women who are in business because business is very masculine from that structured production deadline result perspective. But if we, if we are masculine in our business, masculine in our relationship, masculine in the household, where do you allow that time to receive, to nurture, to be (laughs) recuperate, recuperate? Yes. It's, and then this is where that burnout will hundred percent come from because you can't really have no more bandwidth left. Right. So I was, I was existing in the masculine in every aspect of my life, in my business, in my relationship, because I was doing everything. I wasn't receiving, I wasn't allowing myself any sort of downtime to relax. In fact, downtime felt lazy. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, if I would try to watch a movie or whatever, I would have this background anxiety of, I could be achieving something right now, yes. you know, and not, and not, um, even considering that maybe downtime and existing in a feminine energy 
was an achievement in of itself of recuperation, of restoration, of um, seeing things from a different perspective. Uh, it was a, it's been a learning process like to to exist in in the feminine not you know I obviously I still exist in the masculine when I need yeah, to of course um, nothing would get done if you didn't <laughs> the masculine is needed it's yeah. needed um yeah. and it, it's rewarded in business you need to answer your email I have 35 emails right now because I was you know at an event all day yesterday working so I'm like gotta do that gotta buckle down and do that but I've gotten a lot better at listening to my body and allowing myself restorative time like sometimes it's you know, like 4 p.m. And I'm like, I could do all of these other things, but is anybody going to die if it waits until tomorrow? No. What I feel like doing right now is going outside or maybe just being a bum on the couch and cuddling with my cats, putting on a movie. I've gotten a lot better at having, uh, allowing myself that restorative time and actually seeing, um, actually seeing value in it. I was just about to say you have like the value in yourself has to shift. The masculine operates that way because it's, it ultimately wants respect. So of course we want to achieve. We want that respect. We want people to look at us a certain way. We want to feel like we respect ourselves for achieving X, Y, Z. The feminine, their ultimate outcome is to be loved and cherished. So if we weren't loving and cherishing ourselves, like we're, we don't value it. Right. Yeah. It's, why would you? Yeah. Why would you? You're like, I'm just going to push myself more because I need to be respected at the, the when you uncover all those layers. But it's right. shifting that value and, and watching how much more productive you actually are in your masculine when you're allowing yourself to be nurtured and recharged. It's, it's funny that you say that because one of the biggest um, eye opening shifts for me over the last, let's say, two and a bit years, uh, my business has never been busier. It's never been bigger. I've, I have like teams of people that I'm managing now. And Yay, I'm so proud of you. I just I, didn't say just, that like, Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's not just me anymore, which feels great. Um, but I've also never been busier. I've never earned more money, all of these things. And yet, you know, the last two years we haven't been traveling. That's usually my, okay, time to step into feminine and do nothing. And outside of that, I'm just go, go, go constantly. So to, to have two years of, working hard of no, like going away vacations, you know, flying somewhere or whatever. And to have not burnt out in the last two years is like remarkable because as you know, like I was burning out a couple times a year, like you were right there with me. I was right there with you. Burnout, like, well, it's time for my quarterly burnout because I've not taken any time off. Yeah. So yeah. There was, and I remember that January, 2020, well, it was after your, uh, after like the processing of the breakup and before, like you're, yeah. we were both like, I think I'm depressed. Like it was, a, it was a huge burnout period. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never, and there was like some seasonal effective going into that as well. My sleep schedule was messed up. I'd always thought of myself as like a night owl. Turns out you're a night owl only if you don't go to bed early. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker, you could be a morning person if you just go to bed early. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting because like being more conscientious of incorporating times like recuperative, restorative times and actually um, stepping into my feminine energy has allowed me to work at a different level where I'm, I'm doing more work than I ever have, managing teams, earning more money, all of these things. And yet I'm not burning out. What? Am I working smarter? <laughs> So I've, I've come to really understand, you know, the value of, of stepping into the feminine and like my, my partner has helped with that because he has such a 
masculine energy in of himself. He is organized. He will take the lead and like take care of things. And I actually feel um, I've allowed myself to trust that like somebody else can do things and I don't necessarily have to do everything. So I can step into a more feminine in our relationship and receive and have somebody, you know, cherish, cherish me and love me and all of these wonderful things. Um, And somebody who I don't, like, if I was the person that I was before, I don't think this relationship would be succeeding because he's the type of person that doesn't want somebody to do everything for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, no, I got this. It's okay. I'll take care of it. That's fine. You do your own thing. Like I, I will take care of this. Like, what? Yeah. Wow. You don't, you don't need me to like do everything for you. Okay. But it's been an adjustment, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> I was, I was just about to say it's a perfect way to wrap up this episode because next I want to get into how you met him and what that process was like getting back into dating and having conversations and surprising and delighting yourself and taking your time and unfolding and making sure that Emma showed up as that higher version of herself in order to make this happen. Like there's so much work being done in the moment and I know still is. Um, but watching that journey of like stepping into action, still being unsure, but trusting because this just feels better. And this is the way that I want to operate. And so this person doesn't live up to this, then, okay. Like I I know who I want to be and and what I want. So thank you so much. We will see you back for part three as we unpack your new relationship and all that. (laughs) Lots of love, love. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode today. My website, simplysarah.com is a great place for me to continue to support you on your journey to alignment, joy, and fulfillment. There you will find upcoming retreats that I am hosting, resources, books, and many other helpful tools to help you on your travels through this thing called life.